Hello and welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. For this show, we usually have three co-hosts, myself, Hunter Sigona, our friend Mary Haddix-Hermans, and our friend Sean Rimkunas. Um, Sean, Mary, and I believe that many people have a playlist that makes their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guests, jamming to incredible music, uh, talking about a wide variety of artists and composers, and everything in between. And via Spotify, one of the pillars of film scoring and the most popular film composer of his era and of this podcast, John Williams has created music for some of the most successful motion pictures in Hollywood history. Star Wars, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Jurassic Park, and Harry Potter are just a handful of selections from an extensive catalog that has included over 50 Academy Award nominations. His instrumental themes from Jaws, Close Encounters, and Star Wars all charted on the Billboard Hot 100, but Star Wars is cracking the top 10. Over time, he was recognized for his prowess with more poignant material as well, such as Best Song Oscar nominee Somewhere in My Memory from Home Alone and his mournful violin theme performed by from his Oscar-winning score for Schindler's List in 1993. However, he has remained associated across genres for his lush, exciting, romantic music for other worlds, including the first two Jurassic Park films in the 90s, the first three Harry Potter films in the 2000s, and the episodic Star Wars prequels and sequels. In the early 2020, as he entered his 90s, Williams is set to work on his fifth straight entry in the Indiana Jones film franchise, which we will actually talk about today. While not prolific in the concert hall realm, he has composed concertos for no fewer than 10 different instruments among dozens of other orchestral and chamber works. And Hunter, we've talked about him a plenty on this podcast. We have. Um, we're so excited to finally be this finale of his movie and collective works that we've talked about so long. I believe this is only one of our 12th or 13th podcasts that we've actually done on him. Um, to me, collectively, this is our seventh podcast on John Williams, which is very exciting. Hunter, I'm sure we're excited to get into it, and so we are. All right, and we are back with our final segment of our final John Williams set of music. So the last two we're going to talk about are actually a theme, uh, the theme to a uh, miniseries, a Disney Plus series, and then his final film. Um, right. And so the first is from 2022, and it is the theme he wrote for the, the titular character of, from the show Obi-Wan, which is Obi-Wan. And it, for those who are familiar with the character, or those rather who are not familiar with the character, um, it's he's sort of the, the central uh, binding character of the first Star Wars film. You know, he has to bring the pieces together, and then even though he doesn't have that much screen time, um, He's pivotal, and then obviously, and he was played by Sir Alec Guinness, and then in the prequels, played by Ewan McGregor, to much critical acclaim. And for those who don't know the show, it, it was a, a miniseries on Disney Plus, and it deals with the following plot: the Jedi Master contends with the consequences of his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his one-time friend and apprentice Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as the evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. 
Um, and it's the show takes place as Obi Wan is in he's in hiding and he has to deal with whether or not he should become involved in the conflict or if he just keeps to his life and obviously circumstances arise that he can't just sit on the sidelines entirely. He has to sort of play with whether or not he needs to reveal himself that he survived Order 66. Um, which, for those who don't know, Star Wars is when they ordered the mass execution of all the Jedi. Mm. For quote-unquote treason. All right, so, Sean. Yeah. Being that this was William's um, return to this character, because we he had not written for this character before, what did you think? Now, well, before I, before I ask you your thoughts... When I was reading about how Williams approached this writing, this theme for Obi-Wan, because what he said was it was one of his biggest regrets in the original film that he did not get to write Obi-Wan a theme of his own. Right. Obi-Wan's theme traditionally had been the Force. You know what I mean? He was the one in the first movie who represented the Force itself because he was obviously the, the, the last vestige of old religion that believed in it. And so... Whenever the force had existed, it always carried this image of Obi-Wan with it. But for this move, for this uh, show, he gave him a theme. And it's it's a different kind of theme. It's not one I would have expected for Obi-Wan. And yet I think it fits really well. So what do you think? I think it does really, too. I think it shows the transition the character has to make in the series. Where it starts out alone and kind of quieted. The horn does a really great job of that. And I think the horn is a really good instrument to use for characterization in that it's like a lone wolf yeah. almost like it's like this like you know quiet peaceful thing and yeah. that's kind of what Obi-Wan yeah and, and Obi-Wan is trying to like hide within all of that you know and try to fit in um and then he, when he comes out and the horn is more present it, it's just it's so different and more powerful and just it's so open um you know what's so interesting was the last time we talked about John Williams was right before we cut off for the summer and i said to you and mary i was like i can't wait to talk about kenobi and yep. and i was like when are we ever going to talk about kenobi now here we are talking about kenobi yeah. um and we're both still i'm sure maybe you are and so am i just how surprised you are by the character and the transformation that that i bet um um you and mcgregor goes through with Obi-Wan and just seeing yeah. the fact that he goes from someone who is just punched in the gut and knows that he killed his friend to then him realizing that he did not kill his friend and his friend doesn't blame him for what became of him, which he did blame mm -hmm. himself for initially. So in a way it's very therapeutic to see Obi-Wan go from one thing to another. And then in a way, again, um, John Williams is just foretelling what might happen in the story where Obi-Wan is going from this helpless person who doesn't want to be a part of anything to just something that will be opened and blossomed and beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what it came out of for me anyway. No, I agree. And I like at, what I love is that this, this theme that he wrote, you know, is very reminiscent of the star Wars, of the, of the theme of the force. Um, with like a, a, a play on it, right? 
but he adds underneath it sort of at the big moments this dun 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 underneath it which really adds to the suspense behind it like you know it's always building like you know you know he's going to eventually his destiny is ahead of him right he he doesn't know where his destiny winds up obviously he doesn't um and so it adds to the anticipation of it and the strings um doing it while the the theme is playing over the top gives it that change in um what's what i'm looking for the sentiment of the piece changes when you add that under layer of strings playing that because like you said it starts yeah yes um because you know you said it starts with the horn right playing the playing the theme then the strings come in and they play the theme but now you have the strings and this extra layer underneath it and then the horns thrown in there and it has a totally different contextual meaning by the time or from when it played at the beginning right i i don't know if that makes sense i think so i think it it shows like like i said and maybe what you said too the transition of someone leaving that pain who had been in pain for a really long time yeah coming out to realize that like you said like his fate was predestined like he's going Mm -hmm. to do this and something in the music that's so interesting is the intensity and the complexity and the elongated phrases and then you have to just feel like at the end of this whole thing there's this 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 very strong presence of Mm -hmm. of light you know and i think that that speaks for obi-wan's character at the end because he just shows that he's someone not to be reckoned with or someone to be you know visualized as like yes i mean he will eventually die and a new hope spoiler alert but but someone who is willing to put up the fight you know and and stay with it you know yep and you know it's interesting because the theme that the part that dun 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 over his theme is very reminiscent to me of not just the forces theme but to the scene in the last jedi where luke faces off against kylo there's a very similar um play that happens there which again has to do with these two former allies in both in both cases two former allies turned against each other who have to face up to whatever conflict that they had in one way or another and i think it's an interesting parallel because luke in last jedi says about no one ever being really gone right and the point of obi-wan is that you know we we do know he obviously gets killed um by vader but it's a choice and so he does that so that he can stay to aid them later because he knows luke will need him later and so luke does the same thing obviously it's a nice parallel he knows that helping them with kylo will result in his demise but he's there to aid ray in the end you know what i mean so it's it's a nice uh symmetry that i think the story parallels and the music parallels right right that's just an interesting uh sort of um observation that that at least i made um of course and then you know transitioning out of this very fantastical world that that williams is in a lot of the time we end our williams saga with the fablemans which was a movie from 2022 and it's a uh quasi by autobiographical movie that spielberg made 
about his his career sort of in film, and it says that it details young Sammy Fableman um, falls in love with the movies after his parents take him to see the greatest show on earth. Armed with a camera, Sammy starts to make his own films at home, much to the delight of his supportive mother. Right. Now, I have not seen this movie. My cousin saw this movie, um, and he's he's big into movies and, and filmmaking and stuff, and he really, really liked it. He thinks this, it, this is the heavy hitter for the Oscar win. Um, what did you think? I'm going to disagree with your cousin and say everything, everywhere, all at once is one of my favorite movies. Well, he really liked that, too, yeah. That's probably my favorite movie from the year. Um, Oh, really? I I didn't go see it in theaters, but I I saw it recently, and it just blew my mind. Um, It's another multiversal movie that's not, you know, (laughs) Marvel at all, but I still really enjoyed it. it. It made no sense to me whatsoever, but... Yeah, so not even not even the point. Okay, we're talking about the fable ones. Okay, so um, the whole piece circulates around um, piano. It's only piano. Um, what I find so beautiful about it, um, uh, it's it's almost a, a, a an ode to Spielberg, and that it's yeah. a piece that John Williams wrote for Spielberg. Also, the piece itself is actually kind of funny because uh the piece um is actually quite naive in a way but that's almost like the almost the curiosity that one really needs to become a filmmaker which is the naivete of of feeling like you you will want to do something with this world but also understand how hard it is to do stuff in this world you know but it's also like the bravery and the the soul searching that one has to go through to find you know the theme of of what we've, we've been talking about today which is passion and something that john williams is just so good at you know like finding that passion the the feeling naive about something you know and and not knowing but but also someone who really found his life through seeing it on camera you know yeah um which is such a powerful image but it almost feels like it's it's this beautiful small little piano piece it almost reminds me of the Joe Hisashi piece, A Walk to the Moon. I know it has no context whatsoever, but it's this really cute piece that just really finds a way to like characterize a love that you have for one thing, you know? Yeah. So that's well, what something interesting that you, that you mentioned is this like the, the simplicity to it, I almost feel like is, is I mean, it's clearly intentional because I'm sure that's why he wrote it. But it's written in three at least it sounds in three um and it has this boom 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 feel to it which in hearing of it and knowing that the movie is about filmmaking and loving film um, particularly when someone like spielberg would have started filmmaking and when williams first entered into the the genre how were how were movies they were on a reel right and that three time gives a very circular motion right one two three one two three which could almost represent like the the real the camera reel right the reel of the film and it's very simple because it you know the from the description is just talking about him and his camera making at home um and how that builds his love for for film so you mentioned as an homage to spielberg that it, maybe it's his way of just breaking down the grandioseness that is Steven Spielberg mm. and, and and parsing it back down to his 
what is he really? He's someone who enjoys making films. Most directors are just people who enjoy making films. And then through that love, they try to do something bigger. They try to bring bigger themes to the to the uh, to the screen, to the audiences. But in reality, at the end of the day, they are just people who enjoy films and enjoy making them. Right. Just I'm sure like Williams is someone who enjoys music and enjoys making music. You know what I mean? And then through that is able to bring further context to whatever it is that he's he's writing for. Yep, exactly. And much like The Last Jedi's piece ended, or not The Last Jedi's piece, much like The Rise of Skywalker's piece ended, it's not a big grand ending for his what? his catalog of works. It's this very simplistic, very humble piece to show like, you know, it, you don't have to write the biggest, grandest orchestral piece in order to show how good of a writer you are. It's It sometimes just takes something as simple as this with a simple melody um, to make people feel something. Right. Just my thought. Sure. Any other, any other thoughts on this? I don't think so. You said it perfectly, my friend. I have no, I have no, I have no words. Oh, well, thank you. And that concludes our segment on John Williams and our series, our John Williams series. And, you know, if we look into anything in the future, maybe it'll be some of his classical music, but in terms of his film music, that's it. That's a wrap. That's it. Yeah. We've, we've done our work. I think we've done so much talk about it for so long. I mean, I don't even know when we started talking about it in the first place. Um, that's been so long. So thank you, my friend. Thank you again, John Williams for being his glorious self and, Hopefully we wish him to keep going, but he has to retire at some point. Um, slow down, enjoy the grandkids once in a while. Um, mm -hmm. So wish you the best in your retirement, John Williams. And uh, hopefully we just keep listening to your music and we keep being inspired by it. We are going to take a break, and if you'd like to sponsor us and support us this podcast, please go to anchor.com. You can also search Music Speaks Podcast on multiple listening platforms such as Apple Music, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, and many more. We will be right back. Uh, back, back. And uh, don't go anywhere because more John Williams is on the way. I'm Sean Ramgunis. And I'm Hunter Sagona. And our friend Mary Haddix Hermans is with us. And we will see you next time to interview Carl Tremel, friend of Mary's. Uh, thank you, John Williams. Your debt to music will never be repaid, but we will always think of you as a giant in the industry. Remember to keep listening to what you love.